This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book this week. I did a lot of thinking. That's it. I didn't read anything. That's fine. Welcome, welcome. Uh, this week, we are doing Cal Newport's Digital Minimalism. Y'all right. Let's go. Choosing a focused life in a noisy world. Let's get into it. Taylor, yes. Why don't you me. just tell us right off the bat? I mean, choosing a focused life in a, in a noisy world—that sounds appealing to me. This is something that's on my mind all the time. Nonfiction. Now. We're going to get into a little bit of psychology, a little bit of science. Mostly, it has to do with phone usage, which you're probably on your phone right now. Maybe, <laughs> unless you're listening we're, to we're this on a computer, to reaching to you through the phone. Uh, well, let's just briefly talk about Cal Newport for a second. Yeah, yeah, he wrote yeah. Two, two other major books. He has some other ones, um, but he is a professor at Georgetown, and he got his PhD from MIT in computer science. So he's a smart dude. He knows about that tech. He knows about the tech, but he doesn't have Facebook. He doesn't have Instagram. He's an interesting personality to take on and tackle this concept mm-hmm. because he has ascribed to this practice of digital minimalism already his whole life. I'm fascinated. I think taking it with a grain of salt, though, like everything, is valuable because his, and he says this, that his position in life affords him the ability to do that because he's not a social media marketer. And he doesn't run a business that he needs to market to other people. Right. He's not part of the machine. Yeah. (laughs) And he does publish books that obviously we have read and people know about. So he's able to do it without having an Instagram account with 25 million followers or whatever. Yeah, He's not hip, as others would say. (laughs) And since he's not on social media, we can say whatever we want about him. (laughs) Cal Newport. (laughs) You could say anything about him. And Evan goes, well, I chose to say. (laughs) (laughs) And deal with it. So uh, he goes into this concept of digital minimalism, some of the ideas that he has about it, some studies that he has done himself and then stolen from other people. (laughs) And then we'll talk about the strategies and principles that you can use that he recommends as well. So just to go off of from the start, he goes into the story of the original iPhone, the genesis of where this all begins. And the initial reason it was created was it was a melding of your phone and the iPod. Mm -hmm. And it had nothing to do with most of what we use it for now. The social media, the apps, the incessant texting, all of that kind of stuff. He was even saying in the initial keynote address that Steve Jobs gave, he didn't even talk about text messaging or the other apps that you could be used until 30 minutes into the... It was mostly about, oh, now you don't have to have two devices. You can have your phone and your iPod in the same thing. And you can have a bunch of songs right. in was, with your phone. It was purely the shift. It was like, isn't this amazing? Huh, one part, two part. Now it's one, one thing. thing. <laughs> and that's all it was. And it's interesting that he started it out that way because he's saying we forget what the inception of things were and how it, you just slide into this other reason for things happening. And you forget, oh, well, right. this is how it started. And there, this was not the intent at the beginning. And now it has become this I'm other thing. I'm talking about this with about companies. The companies just like at, at, at any – it seems like if I if I started a gas uh, gas station uh, company and it just became successful enough at the – like if it just kept going, I could be competing with Netflix and Amazon. You know, it, yeah. it just, if you, it just got big enough, they just lose – all manner inside of what they were supposed to be doing. This is because they can 
they will. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems really bizarre to me, and I don't understand it. Well, it's interesting. I was reading something else this week that had to do with branding and marketing. And if yeah. you you know the company Nike, and you know what they stand for, and you can't even really put a pin on exactly what they are. At one point, they were just selling only running shoes right. in orange boxes. Right. Now there's so much, and they're just a general motivational do-anything kind of thing. But the interesting thing is if you heard, oh, Nike is opening up a chain of hotels, it would sound bizarre, but you would also know exactly what that hotel – or you would have a sense of what well, that you'd hotel know where would be like. be You'd know what they'd look like. Mm-hmm. You'd know, you'd know oh, the yeah. vibes. You'd uh, know. Immediately I know, oh, man, they're going as close to any kind of sporting arena, any kind, mm-hmm. any at all. Like, that's where they start popping up. So you name off the biggest places. Like, well, I, that that's that's a whole rabbit hole there. That's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So he, he also brings up Facebook at the very beginning was a novelty. It was like going through your old high school yearbook or your yeah. old, in this case, college yearbook and being like, oh, I want to connect with mm-hmm. Sally again. That's interesting. Who are people dating? And that's all, yeah, and that's all it was. It, right. was, it, was, a, it was a whimsical thing that it didn't become the attention-grabbing network of everything. Yeah. That was not the intent when right. it started out and we forget. It just grows. It was like, oh, there are eyes here. There's attention here. Mm-hmm. That's value. That's valuable. Right. Have, okay. It's like when somebody is like a like a zombie like wakes up because of the smell of like red meat or something. It's like, <laughs> and they just go in the direction. Right. <laughs> and so it's hard because it started out with just a pure practical intent and it shifted into oh, there are people behind these things that are crafting them like slot machines to foster behavioral addiction. Right. There's a science and a math and a psychology to it that was not there at the beginning. But now it is, and you sort of have to be so aware of it. These jobs didn't exist 15 years ago. Now they are actual, like, people get paid to do it as for a living, and they get paid well. Mm-hmm. So the, the word addiction might be unsavory in people's mouths mm-hmm. when it comes to these sorts of things. So what he's saying is there's two different kinds of addictions, behavioral addiction versus substance addiction. We're talking about behavioral addiction, which is this low hum in the background. You'll see these classic reports from... Vox or Vice or whatever. I was off my phone for four weeks and this is what happened. And people are mostly feel this general sense of dread that they don't know what's going on or they have a fear of missing out, things like that. And that is what a behavioral addiction is. You 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 have the the slight withdrawal symptoms, but it's not a but there is still some chemical reactions going on in your brain of the of the dopamine hits and things like that. Yeah. But a substance addiction is a very different process and 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 way of that becoming a thing the two factors that contribute to in his studies the biggest things of behavioral addiction are intermittent positive reinforcement Mm. and the drive for social approval which are all very deeply hardwired into our brains so the first one intermittent positive reinforcement there's this guy zyler who did a experiment with pigeons a long time ago Hmm. A long time ago being 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> when we're speaking about social media, the Thousands timeline. Thousands of years ago before the time of Zagorny hmm. Weaver. Before anyone was doing any experiments. He had pigeons in boxes and he would give them rewards for tapping on a button. And, you know, you do the experiment and every time a pigeon taps a button, there's a little pigeon treat. Some <laughs> bread. Some Wonder Bread. 
They love it. Mm, and then he did ones bread. where it was randomized. So sometimes they would tap the button 15 times and then they'd get something or they'd tap it three times or they'd tap it till the cows come home and there'd be <laughs> nothing. And you would think that the pigeons would stop pecking when they don't know what's happening, but they actually pecked a lot more when the reward was unknown or unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. So that intermittent positive reinforcement is kind of like the slot machine thing. Okay. So if I don't know if people remember this, but the Facebook notification was originally blue, where you would get something and less people clicked on it, where like it's now a red one, right. two, three, and everybody has taken that red bubble concept, yeah. which ties into the the positive reinforcement. It's If it's noticeable that, oh, I'm getting a, a hit, I want to check and see what I'm getting, but it might be at random. The other thing that happens with that, the second part, is the drive for social approval. So that's tied into yeah. the public display. These things did not have the like button, the heart button. That was not a, a facet of social media for a significant period of time. Yeah. But as you can see, combined with the slot machine of, I wonder if I'm being recognized. Also, yeah. here's a accurate number. And the slot machine of, oh, I'll post something and then let me check it and see, oh, now I have five people. Oh, now I have nine people. Oh, now I have no people uh, on this thing. I'm going to delete that. That lack creates a distress, which is hardwired into our primitive brains of, oh, if the tribe doesn't like me, I've got to change it up or I'm right. going to be excommunicated right. and get eaten by right. a saber tooth. So I've got to constantly be checking in socially with my tribe. And now that your tribe is everybody from your high school, which you would have forgotten about right. dozens of years before, but it's touted as oh, here's a way to reconnect with these people. Right. But really, it's these two main things. And like I said, it's not malicious or wasn't malicious right, right. at the beginning. That's not what it was intended to be. Is but the healthy? nature of these things shifted. Regardless of how it's used, like are the, are the consequences of it even healthy? Right. Are we supposed to be thinking like that? Is that good for personal growth? Like we, so he like says, people so do here's... go in and out of our lives. And it's just a natural thing. Should we always be purporting an image based on who I was at that moment. I mean, yeah. Not that we not that everybody grows and changes, but it, it's just hard to come home and connect with friends sometimes or whoever it is. You know, after time away, away, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So, and we'll get in it's, yeah, we'll get into some There's a reason here. it's hard. Uh so, yeah. yeah. What so here's something interesting. He says, "Would like for you personally, what would you say is the reason that you would use social media, or what would you think is the like the what companies like? Why does Facebook say you need social media? What would you say that is? What is the value that it's providing to me? Yeah, uh, yeah. To me, it's it's about being available. Um, I, if you want to get in contact with me, I'm there. That I have a very mm -hmm. different view of it at this point. Um, it did for a while feel like that's kind of where, you know, you go to be visible and go to engage and connect with people. I feel very little of that now personally. But uh, right. so now I, I'm, I'm my, you know, I got all the fingers in the, in the pies, but I'm, they're not really where I'm like, I'm not going for anybody's approval. If I post something, it's just because I think it's interesting. If you want to know what's going on in my life, it'll be there. Uh, right. Those types of things. It's not, it's not really much of a, uh, a feedback thing for me. That's so that's, crazy because that's exactly what I wrote down and that's exactly what he says mm -hmm. is if you ask people, now that you know these things, if you ask people, what is the reason you use that service or why would you want to use that service and what Facebook says and what Instagram says 
is it's the, the value is in the transfer of information. Oh, my cousin had a baby. Mm. Oh, this person is in town. That kind of thing. It mm-hmm. is never, oh, I want feedback. And right. you use the exact word. It's not right. about feedback. It's about the transfer of information, which you can do a lot of without yeah. a lot of the services and things that they provide. So now we go into the philosophy of digital minimalism mm-hmm. because you need to be in control of this stuff. A maximalist philosophy, which is what a lot of people unintuitively or without thinking adopt, is any potential for any benefit is what it is. Oh, this store is has their own app where you can get discounts? Well, that might provide me a 10% discount the right. next time I go to H&M. I better download that app and sign up for right, the service. Right, 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 right. That kind of thing. A minimalist's viewpoint is they don't mind missing out on the small things. What worries them is diminishing the large things they already know that are good for them which is what he's proposing in the digital sense. So the three principles that you'd have to get on board with, and if you don't like these things, then you're probably not going to follow through on this kind of pattern of behavior is, one, clutter is costly. And that might not align with your thinking. Mm -hmm. Two, optimization is important. And three, intentionality is satisfying. So... For the clutter is costly, is the time cost worth the reward? He goes into Thoreau's calculation in Walden Pond. Thoreau had a very weird down to the cent chart of how much things cost him when he was at Walden Pond and how much he'd have to work per year to sustain that living. And there's not too much more to say about it except thinking about if I have, like I said, if I have every single app for every single store of every single thing that I do, is it worth the expense that I'm actually going to glean from it? Right. And then with the law of diminishing, there's a law of diminishing returns when optimizing. So people say optimization is important and then they get fall into that trap where like, let's say your goal and or value is I want to be informed about current events, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. noble, Mm -hmm. necessary. You could say, okay, well, I, I need to look at the news. That's Great. Now you've already optimized right. to a certain degree. And then you say, well, now that I'm just, I, there's too many news things. Let me use a special app yeah. that is only the news that I care about. Perfect. You've optimized even more. And then you say, okay, well, now that I have this and it's constantly putting things out, I will only dedicate Sunday afternoons when I have my coffee for looking at that app. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. At a certain point after that, if you try to optimize any more than that, you have significantly less return on mm. that investment of your time and energy yeah. because you might say, oh, well, maybe I need an even more specialized app or maybe I will do – it's like you're spending too much time on that one thing when you just need to get to a certain threshold and then it plateaus right. in what right, the usefulness right, right. is from optimizing. And people get into this optimizing craziness <laughs> yeah, mindset yeah. and that also stifles the minimalism aspect of it. You're doing too much for, for too little of a reward. Right. And the last thing is intentionality is satisfying. So he goes into talking about the Amish for this. And I'll put a link to an article from Kevin Kelly in the show notes and Mm. in the email about it. Their thing is not anti-technology. It's about the intentionality of, is this going to affect our community and the closeness of that and being affected by the outside world? That's what their value system is basically I'm generalizing, incorporates. And so they'll have some guy, an Amish person who says, oh, we should be using chainsaws. And they say, we'll test it out for a week. 
Don't integrate it into the community, but let us know how much this is affecting the values of keeping a close-knit community and being influenced by the outside world. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't have a problem, there's some Amish communities that have a phone booth, but right. it's a mile away from town. It's only you know, right. landline calls and you only use it to order groceries or right. whatever it might right, be. Right, it's not, right. They're not opposed to it. There's a lot of Amish people that drive in cars, but they won't buy a car for the community. Yeah. They'll, they, they have no problem sitting in the passenger seat. It's, it's very right, much. Right. And to have that mindset when you're going about technology, not that you need to be Amish, but figure out what your values are. If your value is, I want to be informed about current events, do the least amount possible until you hit the return on the investment. Or if it's negatively affecting your other values, right. then don't do it. Things get out of line and you have to, it's hard to, it's hard to keep your thumb on the pulse of all the things you got because it, it can get, you know, where your attention uh, lays is important and mm -hmm. you're, you're not always aware of exactly what is actually holding your attention because it can be a lot different than where you are and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, so then he goes into, we're going to get into the digital declutter process, which are the strategies, which I did not implement this, mm -hmm. but I am thinking about it because, and you should, dear listener, maybe think about implementing it too, just because it's interesting and it's very little risk and maybe it'll change. It might be fun. This. It might be fun. You know? Have fun with it. I'm going to have fun with it. Uh, so the, the three things that he says you need to do, and he did this with 1,600 people in an experiment to f figure out the kinks of, yeah. of how it goes about. So this is his own thing. Uh, the digital declutter process. So the first step is a 30-day tech removal. And you have to set the parameters for what that means okay. for yeah, you. Yeah, that was my first question. I'm just like, okay. Right. So <laughs> you know, for so he's he's fluid extent. on this, which is nice. He's not this dictatorial. This is how you got to do this experiment. Cool. cool. Uh, I like you that. have to define like, them for you yourself. To, you so have to make your definitions here, but mm -hmm. I like so, that. Yeah. So he's saying it's removing all tech that's optional to you, in the sense that it's optional unless it harms or disrupts. The daily operation of your personal or professional life. Don't right. throw your phone into the lake. Please drive your car yeah. to work <laughs> if you don't work, live or work within walking distance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. and for yeah, and for most people, it's just he's talking about the phone usage or yeah. the computer usage, or it depends. It might be video games for you. It mm. might also be streaming movies. Mm -hmm. You might have to figure out a way to remove that because it technically that's optional. Yeah. Is it disrupting? Yeah. The daily operation of your life? Is that required for your personal and professional yeah. life? If not, detox, 30 days. Now, this is the part that he says you have to do because otherwise, if you just try to slow down your usage or, you know, there's these articles that say, oh, I removed notifications from all my apps and what it's, you don't have the the blank slate of oh I didn't have this for thirty days yeah. so now that I'm choosing to reintegrate something versus just scaling back after that or within that thirty days this is also critical mm. you have to rediscover behaviors that fill those gaps oh yeah so you can't just get rid of checking Instagram and checking Facebook or if you're saying well this is not op this is not optional for me. I need this to reconnect. Only follow the Facebook page that is the events for your college and only check it one once a week when they post new events. If you feel like that's yeah, important to you and you're yeah. going to miss out on that, but don't do anything for the rest of it. But you need to, in that 30-day break, reconnect with activities that you enjoy, 
you have to explore and experiment and try new things and join clubs and reach out to people that you wouldn't otherwise because you're not seeing what they're doing online. And then after that is reintroducing the tech, which I appreciate because he's not saying, well, cool, get rid of it forever. This is the way the future. You can live without it. See, you're better now, aren't (laughs) you? You need these things. There is, but in the minimalist mindset, how is it providing the benefit that isn't detracting um, well, so, it sounds like it just seems nice to be able. To, it seems like a check on values. Like, mm-hmm. it really, that's really the thing that's speaking to me here. That's really cool. So in the yeah, so in this third part, once you've done that, once you've taken the thirty days and purposefully experimented with new things, gone and done things you thought you forgot you liked, filling the time, having that withdrawal period, realizing how right. lonely mm-hmm. you might mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. feel, sit with those things, and then mm-hmm. think when you try to reintroduce this stuff. Think about your values. Think about what's important to you and say, does it support something I deeply value? And then the second question is, is this the best way to support this value? Yeah. And then the third question is, how will I use this to maximize that value? Mm-hmm. So the example is, okay, well, I want to I keep in touch or I want to you know, see what my cousin is doing. Maybe the best way to do that is not to follow her on, in, on Instagram and like her post that she had a baby but call her once a month and be like, how's it going? It still fulfills the same amount of time, but the Instagram post might not be the best way to support the value of connecting with your family. Yeah. Because hearting somebody's post is not the best way to maximize that. Those are all really nice. I really like that. That seems really, uh, I'm seeing just like, it's able to just get the the mind gears working just if, because if you can have one, one thought of like, well, is this the best way that I can reconnect with my niece and then you start thinking and then but you need that first thought just to kind of get it going Um, or it stinks to be like oh maybe in my actions now i say i value family but i'm not (laughs) following through on that yeah and it it really a check on value is like you know this is the important thing Oh, mm-hmm. am I am I getting to it? Am I getting to the heart of it? No. Is, is there a better way? Is there even an easier way? Is there? You know, I, that's that's really cool. I'm, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it, Taylor. <laughs> I am too. So that's that's. The, I'll just recap the three. It's you got to 30 days remove tech from your life. That's optional. You put the parameters. You put the parameters. Don't fool yourself. Don't be like, yeah, I got to watch Netflix every night. It's necessary to my personal life. What he was saying is what some people did for this is because they needed it, but they didn't want to be removed from certain situations, which I am going to implement Mm -hmm. in my life is you can only watch streaming content with other people. Yeah. 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 And I thought that was an awesome takeaway. Right. Right. Because then it only applies. Because if if you value, if you say my value is if social. If you're not doing something that's taking you away from an experience, mm-hmm. you know, like a social thing, or, you know, some other relationship, then you need to engage in that piece of technology because mm-hmm. it is how it is like it is serving its purpose very yeah. directly. If you know your values. And yes. some people are if saying, you can oh, be well, honest just, yeah. about where that value is. Yeah. And some people are saying, oh, I need leisure. I need to do, I need to get away. That's fine. We're going to talk about that in the, th- this is the third of the four concepts. <laughs> All y'all thinking you get them right now. <laughs> Already getting we resisting got you. this. We got on you. So the first concept that immediately comes up when you get in your 30 day detox is spending time alone. Mm. And then in parentheses, the alone means for most people alone with your thoughts. Yeah. And that is something that we have not been doing very much of at all since- yeah. This has become the forefront of our culture. Um, spending time alone with your thoughts, a couple things that it does. 
that we're missing out on that some people, maybe there's a correlation, maybe it's just causation, maybe it's the chicken and the egg, but things that come about from doing that is yeah. getting new ideas, an understanding of yourself, yeah. and ironically, a closeness with others. So there's an app that's called the Moment app where people are tracking. And now I think the iPhone has it on. You can look and see how much screen time you're using and how many times you pick yeah, up the phone yeah. and that kind of thing. So he was saying for these people, and these are people that are already, if you've downloaded the app and tried to track it, you're cognizant of, oh, maybe I should be watching my screen time. Yeah. So the timing is lower. But those people on average use their phone three hours a day and picked it up 40 times a day. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, and then this, this gal did a study. And if you were born after 1995... The average is nine hours a day. Oh, gosh. That your screen is up and you're yeah. looking at it. Which Wait, seems... so it's three to nine? Mm-hmm. That's massive. For the people That's that were... staggering. Yeah. Nine hours a day. Which in itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but talking about spending time alone with your thoughts. But what does it... No, I just mean, what does it mean? Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm, it's not inherently bad or good. It's just, but what does it mean? What mm -hmm. are the true implications of that? And this is what it's doing, is it's creating a lack of time... Your where your brain is just alone considering alone. the things it already has been presented with mm -hmm. which is it's creating, not like it's not yeah. like you process something immediately and you're done with it and it can be you know it's like this this is not how it is it's not how your mind works it's not how people work that's not how anything works mm -hmm. so it, to then fool ourselves into this constant hamster wheel of being presented with new things when do you ever actually get to close a book on anything? Hardly. Mm -hmm. If you're just leaving everything open, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is in some of the studies is talking about where we have, we'll get into this in the second uh, concept as well, but the, that it creates an increase in anxiety mm -hmm. because you don't have the time to just be alone and ruminate and understand how does this affect me? What does oh this mean gosh, for me myself? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So some of the practices he goes into now for, solitude, meaning freedom of input from other minds, just the input of your own mind. Yeah. Here's some, some ta practical takeaways. Number one, practice leaving your phone at home, which may sound scary mm -hmm. to some people. Yeah. And there's different ways that you can go about it, or you can set it so that you only get phone notifications from your spouse or right. your girlfriend yeah. or boyfriend or whatever. If you really, really can't, we can find a way. You can find a way to take the pieces you need and cut the rest. It's wild because I, I can find a way. I was doing that recently where I just, oh, I'm going to go for a walk or, oh, I'm going to go to the grocery store. And I put my phone in my house and yeah. then just walk for an hour and go to the grocery store and walk back and nothing happens. Right. But it's interesting how much you're thinking about what you're missing or what you're standing there, you're walking, you're not listening to things. Well, I've been fascinated of just realizing that in my lifetime, I have witnessed adults go from my parents uh, having, and, and the general consensus of the populace be, why would I want a f phone on me? Why would I want to be reached all the time at any moment? Mm -hmm. Like, that was really what it was. It'd be like, oh, no, I don't want a phone on me. No, God. Now we have panic attacks when we don't feel it in our pocket. This has only been over the course of 25 and, and years most people at most. Went, most people went, I mean, for all of time, you were fine without right. it. It's, it's, it. It became slowly the precedent and the, the default versus forever. Right. It was right. not the default. It was, oh, I'm going out. 
Nobody can reach me. They'll reach me when I get home. Right. Or, exactly. oh, I don't know how to get there. There I'm, were times the, the, you knew when to reach people. That's mm-hmm. what we have totally lost any semblance of at all. And that's why we have unions run pulling their hair out because the PAs are running, getting text messages at one at night. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's it's insane. It's like... You used to used to have to consider the other person when exactly you're going to... You don't want to reach people at dinner. In fact, it was rude. <laughs> and it gave you a read on if somebody had their thumb on you, the pulse or not. Yeah. It, it was a real thing. It, it, we've totally lost that, that pressure button at all. We have no sense of that mm-hmm. at all. In fact, if you're not available, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's because I'm not being paid right now. You know, like whatever it is, whatever that situation is. Yeah. But it's that is a big thing we've lost in just personal communication. That makes us further apart. So here's the, the, the two words that he uses to describe exactly what you're saying. The phone, to start out, remember the Steve Jobs 30 minutes in talking about these other features, the phone is useful. It is not vital. And we have forgotten that entirely. We think that it's a requirement. Right to our existence when it is actually not. And no. to start to realize that is not going out with it. Leave it at home. Yep. Leave it in the glove box when you go to the restaurant. Who yep. cares? Yeah. Yeah. Do it's that. It's not vital your, to day-to-day life. It yeah. isn't. It isn't. And the expectation changed. Before phones, either you printed out directions to the Thai restaurant right. that you wanted to go yep. to, or it was just known that you were going to get lost. Yep. And that was a part of driving. You gotta go figure was that you it out. Got lost. Ask somebody for directions. But I'm map quest was a deal. I remember printing pages <laughs> out, and you do it, and you go across the country with just pages that you printed out before you left. It's a real, it's a real deal. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? We got there, and we got back, and we didn't get murdered. And I think millions of other people did too. Yeah. It's 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 just wild the the sliding slowly into. And like this thing, if you're born after 1995, you don't remember that. Right. So it was the expectation, oh, this is vital. It's not just that it's a useful right. tool. So right. it's reclaiming it's the only it thing they even know. in the minimalist mindset of how can this just be useful for my values Yeah. and then discard everything else. Uh, the other two practices for being free from the input of other minds is taking walks. Mm. And in the past and in history, nice. that allowed for moments of solitude. Put the phone down. T- take a walk. God. No headphones. I in. hear you, Cal. That's what it means. <laughs> I hear you, Cal. That's just his big steps. I've been like on the edge of my seat, pins and paper ready. I'm just uh-huh. like, how can I just get some peace and quiet in my life? Tell me, Taylor, please. And, it's, and it's Cal's just like, just put the fuck out. Please just go outside. Take a walk. Just take a walk. Just forget about it. Pretend it's 1979, please. You can do it. And then just think about how it feels. <laughs> and then maybe you'll remember what you like. Remember you love your wife. <laughs> He's a therapist. Moving on to the second thing. Don't click like. We're going back, and this is interesting for all of you who've listened to other episodes. Mm-hmm. I found a <laughs> Those of you with us on this journey, hello, hello, just shaking hands. To another episode, your boy Michael Pollan mm. of How to Change Your Mind, The Drugs. If you remember the default mode network in your brain, which is what is running in the background, which allows you to get your keys and get in the car and drive and whatever, yep. it's processing the information while you're doing nothing so that you can go about your day and you don't have to think about every little thing. Yeah, yeah. So- They did some studies, and 
they found that that network is the exact same network that applies when you're thinking about social cognition and how you fit into tribes and social spheres oh, and all of that okay. stuff. So when your brain is technically shut down, it is operating under the same network as where do I fit into the social space? Uh, and they found this, they did it with newborns, and it was the exact same thing. So it's hardwired in. Uh, newborns have no business no. thinking about social anything, but they're trained. Okay, when nothing's happening, where do I fit in socially? Right. What's going on? Yeah. It's, and I was in, just thinking about this. I was just thinking about how as a child, you have role you you have role models and you look to people for examples and you you because you want to fit in you want to be like people I remember that being such a big thing not just with me but just with my friends values too that's where that was a as a child you were looking for it's almost like we're all sociopaths just trying to fit in you know <laughs> but uh but uh and I remember it's like oh man I haven't felt that the difference. Um, that I felt from a child uh, wanting to fit in to where now I feel very comfortable just as who I am and my community and my, my tribe, per se, and those types of things. That kind of pressure is... is I, I was thinking about, like, well, how, how long did it take for me to get confident and just, you know, to understand a little bit about who I am and where I fit in in the world? Uh, so it's, uh, that's that's fascinating that that stuff is, like... That it is that, that what you were saying is it's hardwired in that that type that part of your brain is is going mm -hmm. and uh, I, and so here's the interesting freak. connection there is if you if that is an instinctual thing to think about social things in the absence of what's going on and you never have an absence of what's going on yeah what are you missing yep social connection so there was a study that I'll link to again in the show notes that NPR put out. I think they have the article, but it was some other group that did the study. But they studied people that had social media use, and the people that were in the highest quartile, the percentage of social media use, were also three times more likely to be categorized as lonely or felt like they were lonely. Oh, wow. And so the, the theory behind that, maybe it's causation and correlation and whatnot, but if you're more online, you're less offline. And you miss the nuanced analog cues of being with somebody and and relating to that same thing of like calling your cousin because she had a baby versus just clicking heart and right. some feedback. That's not this. It's not synonymous. Right. It's a different thing. So there's this lady named Sherry Turkle who wrote a book. And if you're interested in this concept, check out this book. It's called Reclaiming Conversation. Mm. And she makes the distinction between conversation and communication. Mm -hmm. So the heart on Instagram is communication, but it's not conversation. Right. We've twisted that connection between what we're doing and what actually is occurring. Yeah. It's like we're to keep trying. It's almost like trying to be minimalist through like we don't have to converse. We can just purely communicate. <laughs> we can just project feelings into minds. It's like, oh. <laughs> it takes a little more work than that. Yeah. That's why people have spent, you know, you know, since the beginning of mankind trying to put the human condition into words to <laughs> relate it to others. Yeah. So that we can feel less alone. And don't, and, and don't forget <laughs> that it's not, that was not what it was designed for. Right. <laughs> it changed into an attention economy. Right. So here's some practices that he goes into to reclaim conversation as opposed to just communication. Number one, don't click like. Silent on social media in the feedback element. And this will turn some people off because they might say, oh, well, why didn't, why didn't you like my picture oh my of gosh. my baby? Oh my gosh. You know? But I think what he's saying is over time that that 
if it if you value it, you will change that interaction to conversation, mm-hmm. and that person that is important will understand that and appreciate that a lot yeah. more. Yeah, I think so. There's this came out recently in the news uh, in inst- Instagram. Was doing a test in Canada. So if you're in your Canada, give us a shout out. Oh, Canada listeners. Uh, where they're removing the likes. You can't see them. Oh, really? On Instagram. Some small some small tests. So I don't know if that's happening to anybody listening. Oh, but that's interesting. Because they were seeing that. all this kind of stuff, the social yeah. impact, how it's affecting people, Good. how there's a lot more anxiety. Okay, so somebody's thinking about maybe it's not maybe it's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Maybe we're just making slot machines for twelve year olds. Uh and we shouldn't be doing that because now it will, that will foster at least a little bit better conversation or as opposed to communication. If you, if it's just the content and you don't know what, how many people yeah. like what thing and you can only see the comments yeah. and you can only yeah. comment. The other thing for reclaiming conversation is consolidating texting. So some people do this with emails where they say, oh, well, I'm only available. These are my office hours for email and I only answer them in the morning or I only answer them at night right? or whatever it might be, he's suggesting if this is something that really bothers you or is taking over your life yeah. or the precedent of it, creating a time to say, I only check my text messages in this time frame and yeah. I respond to them yeah. because it's it became slid into our society that you should be on call and available to answer anything and the precedent was set. At the drop of a pin. That if somebody time. sends you something just because it you're reaches not, you're you. You're unreasonable. Yeah, you're the detritus of yeah, society. Yeah, you're, you're being you're, you're. I can't say it on this show, Taylor. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> and I'll answer your text messages from five to eight. But uh, sign here on my friendship card. <laughs> I've signed. Yeah, because again, it's useful, but it's not necessary. We think about yeah. the text messaging. And how it helps when you're under the pressure and under the knife, but like at the at the end of the day, any boss will convince you at any time you're under the pressure and under the knife. And so, at what point do you get? Are we do we get to stand back up to ourselves? Or, or you know, your like, or you your know, friends might be like, exactly. why didn't you? It's not that was just an example, exactly. But again, it's about the value of conversation yeah. versus just communication. Yeah. That's not. It's not. It's truth. It's not a conversation. It's not replacing it. So you've got to minimize it. If that's a value that's important to you. Fascinating. And then the last thing is, again, going with batching this kind of stuff, is hold conversational office hours. I think this works better for him because he's taking it from the teaching mentality. He's a teacher. And so he has office hours where students can come in and talk about anything. So he said one of his friends who works in Silicon Valley says, and people know this about him, anybody can call me between 5.30 and 7.30 because that's his commute coming home from work at night. And Uh so- You know, that's when he's available and he finds he can get a lot of stuff done. And if if somebody hits him with a text and it's like, dude, call me at 530. I'm free. Yeah. It's like, and everybody out there is probably thinking, but it's like, but but calling people is so scary. Maybe that's telling you something. (laughs) Like for real. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the anxiety, because it's an anxiety, because there's a fear there. I don't. I, I think it's something growing, in, in, in some sort mm-hmm. of, some sort of offset of what's going on here culturally. Just because it's scary doesn't mean it's bad. Our bodies and minds are are used are are wired to react to fear and use it, and we use it like we use our muscles. You get mm-hmm. better at things. You conquer things, and then you get confident at things. 
just because you're afraid to answer the phone now doesn't mean you wouldn't be the guy making a thousand phone calls in two years because he worked his way up the chain at this agent, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever the thing is. Uh, and it's just, a social <laughs> signal. Like you said, it's, it's telling you something. Yeah. And you can get away with not addressing it because you can text and because you can like something and because you can message somebody. All these things have just slid into the That's culture right, yeah. because they're easy. Because it's it's a little bit easier to do. Oh, oh, now I don't have to worry about. Oh, it's like this big exhale, and it never it's just never ending to the point where it's like we want we're just not going to be looking at each other at some at to some degree. You know, it's. Well, I think and, we're and already it's also seeing causing the so much stress on the other end, and it's like, why? What's happening? It's like, yeah. Ah. Technically, we're in the best time to be alive ever, right? Depending on where you are in the world, obviously. But we're so stressed out because we don't know how to we don't know how to communicate or talk. We don't know how to conversate anymore. Yeah. even. that's the real thing. Mentally, that's we're in the worst place. Communication because we've tried to distill it down to the lowest common denominator in any mm-hmm. at any point anywhere we can. It was madness. When will it end? I'm throwing my papers. So now that we've gotten Evan thoroughly stressed out, we're going to talk about the third one, reclaiming leisure, because that's Mm. what a lot of people use this Mm -hmm. stuff for, technology. Thank God it exists. Mm -hmm. It's a great leisure tool. So the question is, when you're in your 30-day detox and now you got to fill your time, what are you going to fill it with? And this sounds pretty obvious, or at least it did to me. Oh, good. Another one. (laughs) <laughs> it should be high quality, which means for a lot of people and what it was in the past, strenuous physical activity there is a go. great one. Prioritize demanding activity over passive consumption. Somehow we got in our mind that leisure means doing nothing. Well, maybe it means building a table. Maybe right. it means no, volunteering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creating something. The second thing is producing something in the physical world mm-hmm. as leisure, the sense of accomplishment. The other, the third thing, like I said, joining a, a club or volunteering somewhere, real world structured social interactions. I don't know wh- how, maybe you can illuminate this for me because I didn't really think about it, but mm. how that changed where like, oh, it, it is it is leisurely to do this task just because it's a task to do and it's not a passive consumption thing. That is actually more enjoyable right, right, it, to it, put into your life. It's like you, like you said, it's like you've you, like decided you were going to build a table. It's like, I want this desk on, I'm going to build it. That's your leisure time just because it's like, I don't know. That, 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 it's a difficult one, but. But I think because, I think because that void has not existed where it's like, oh, if I can't do this stuff, because before you couldn't, you couldn't stream any show you wanted. You couldn't right. go down to the video store. So like you had to do something. Well, I guess this is my leisure time. If. It was I'm bored. sit on your bed and stare at the wall or build a table. You'd probably build a table. Right. I'm and bored. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Well, oh, well, I have this painting that I haven't hung up. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Oh, I have. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe I want to go hang out, you know, and it doesn't always you know, have to I never be did learn fit, guitar. It, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> or, oh, I want to go fishing with my neighbor. That's still a lot right. of work that goes into making that right. happen, but it's enjoyable. And it's structured, and it involves Man, somebody if you could else. Hit those combos and do like three or four of those all in with one go, mm-hmm. and you could just do that a few times. Yeah, off to the races. So here's some of the practices he says for better leisure, mm-hmm. reclaiming it for yourself. One, go go karting with your son. <laughs> Real specific, Cal. <laughs> seems a little personal. Seems like it hit home to you, Cal. <laughs> yeah. Get ice cream for your son. <laughs> 
takes Cheryl flowers. Uh, uh. Uh, whoops. How did that slip <laughs> The editor missed that. <laughs> uh, no, so it's fix or build something every week, which we talked about getting a new skill. Schedule your low-quality leisure, which is the streaming or the consumption. Again, maybe it involves other people. Mm-hmm. But schedule it in. Say, this is when I'm going to decompress with this. And I think he did some sort of study or whatever. Honestly, 40 minutes per week, which sounds super small because a show is two hours. Right. But again, if you're incorporating it with other people, that's a better thing than just right. sitting on right. your bed by yourself. But like. Yeah, and you can even be on your cleanse and, and do it if you could go to somebody else's house and watch the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. episode premiere or whatever. You know, those those types of things. Uh, I'm all about the combos. <laughs> Evan's all about the combos. The other thing, the combo, join something. So Ben Franklin. Oh! oh! He goes into Ben Franklin, which uh, he said, oh, I want to do, there's this group he formed called the Junto which you can look that up if you want, but it was this group where he's like, oh, I want I want people to come together and we're going to talk about social ideas and interesting things that we learned this week. Basically, and yeah. everybody has to present a question to the group every time. And once every three months, somebody has to read an essay that they wrote about a topic of their choice. And it was just an ch- exchange of ideas. That's nice. It's nice. That's so nice. <laughs> people, oh. And then from that group, they were like, oh, well, let's share books. You know what came from that? The public library system of the uh. United States. And then he was like, you know what? We got all these people in town and there's all these problems going on and their houses are catching fire. Why don't we join together and form a fire brigade? Oh, my God. Whenever there was a thing that he wanted, and that was his leisure, was creating these groups, joining together to do stuff that he That's saw fun. a need for. And now we have Facebook groups. And now we have Facebook groups. <laughs> right. Exactly the same. <laughs> the last practice. Attention resistance. These company valuations, just to give you a sense. Google. $800 billion. Facebook, $500 billion. No. Exxon, $370 billion. Uh, the attention of consumers is more valuable than oil. Wow. By almost double. Wow. In our current society. The average... Instagram but it's a false world. economy. Just People's attention, oil, is a, <laughs> is a hard, <laughs> it's a tangible matter. Well, that's why I said it's that a, it's statistic. A, oh, my God. It's totally out of whack. Mm-hmm. So the it's average... Like, yeah. We were screwed when we got off the gold system. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, that, it's not tied to reality. So I'm going to break it down for you, how even more it's not tied to reality. <laughs> the average Facebook user uses it for 50 minutes a day. Now, here's what's interesting, is recently they were under flat because of that NPR article that says, oh, people are three times as lonely. If yep. they use it more. So Facebook had to change their game. I will link to the article, which they did an internal study and promoted it about what's good about Facebook. Uh-huh. Because they're gonna they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't use it. Right? They have to promote their bottom That's line. We do, but, the, but it's the good things. So here's what they said is the but good things. It must things. be horrible to under- realize that you've created the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> and you have I mean, somebody's got to defend it. Yeah. <laughs> So they're defending it, but what they're, the way they're defending it is saying, okay, well, you need to be critical of your use. The good things are, like what we talked about, the social connection, the conversation yeah. versus the likes and the, the toxic media, the whatever, group, all of that stuff. That's why they redirected so much focus under the, under the group stuff, because that, that's been a feature for a while, but mm-hmm. they've not put any money into that at all. But suddenly now, I, I and I mean, literally within the last three weeks, the last two, you know, mm-hmm. Now there's a big focus on it. And they got rid of some other feature and that now groups is going to be the big, you know, that's also going to do that. I don't know. It's uh, this is, I don't pay a ton of attention right. to it. But it's, 
Yeah. The problem ahead. for them is... It's all your image. We see you. We see you. Well, they see themselves, which their stock is dropping because their business model is to be a necessity, a natural thing, not a choice, passive consumption, mm-hmm. the attention economy. Yeah. But if you're promoting, oh, you actually, in order to use our service, you should decide where you put your attention. That destroys their entire business model. Yeah. <laughs> And so here's the thing. Like I said, their average is 50 minutes a day. If Facebook dropped to, oh, well, I'm just going to check what my group is doing. I'm just going to see that my niece had a baby. I'm just going to do these things. If it dropped to 20 minutes a week from 50 minutes a day, that is a 17 times decrease in the usage if everybody did that. If what we're proposing is, oh, you're using it as a minimalist only for its benefits and choosing how you're going to use it. Oh, that's interesting, Taylor. Now, what does that equal in uh, 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 dollars? (laughs) (laughs) 17 times less? 17 times less equals how much less money? Yeah. Which I, I, this is amazing that he put this in the book because he said, yeah, they put out the study in the article saying that's what you need to use it for. And if people realize that. So what he's saying is if you think of it like an attention services economy, they are trying to get your attention. Oh, then they highlighted. What they've done is highlighted all of the false reality they've built. Mm -hmm. That's it. They've highlighted the gap that they have made out of nothing right there. And yet, oh yeah, there's a lot of money to be made there, except it's all based on nothing. It's all fake. And it's hurting people. It's it's hurting people's relationships. People go to their graves without fulfilling some sort of promise or, you know, some sort of want in a relationship with somebody else. They're playing with people's lives. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. I don't know if I would go that far. Getting heated? Is, yeah. <laughs> getting, well, I mean, you get, but you're, if, I mean, what their product is a conduit for, mm-hmm. for human life. And this is it what will, they say. Oh. Facebook's uh, business, you know, their message or mantra, or we're going to connect the world together, which is sort of fallen to the wayside. Or, or now they have to double, you know, take two steps back and say, actually, this is how you should use our product to really connect with people. We're going to get rid of the toxic news messages. We're going to promote. It should be more about like, shaking hands with your neighbor, mm-hmm. getting to know the people in your community, getting to know your community at all. Which, like which, I walked around my hometown square this week, and my mom is walking around the square with me, uh, and she's going, "Man, I wish I'd come up here more." Talking like she's dead, and I'm like, <laughs> like she's a ghost no, walking I know. around and the I'm town just, square. You know, and I'm and I'm feeling the same thing. It's like, man, I wish I had come out here more. And like, what's what what stopped me? Mm-hmm. A lot of things. I don't know, but that's a whole different. But so you know, here's here's but, some of the practices. Yeah. This yeah. is in there. This is all in there. So it's I don't know. It's interesting. Here's some of the practices going off of what you're saying. Is oh well, why wasn't I out here? Because you weren't choosing your attention. Yeah. You are not choosing your attention. So here's some of the practices that you can use to help choose your attention as opposed to letting them decide what you're looking at. So one, delete social media from your phone. This is a big Mm -hmm. step, but you're Mm going to do it potentially to a certain degree in the detox in the 30 days of getting rid of these things. You will see you don't need to have access on the go. If what you're using it for is majorly for the values that represent, you can check Facebook on your computer only on the groups that you have and then mm-hmm. close it. Or you can check Instagram. Now it depends on yeah, your job about or that, on your Because I don't use them on my computer and my, you know, on those mm-hmm. things. I use them, or not that I don't at all, but I use them in, though that number would be a huge gap between how much I use it. It's almost instantly, it's almost 
always on my phone. And now what I'm realizing further is that when I use it on my phone, I'm using it in a gap between moments in my mm-hmm. life. So when I step in the elevator and there it's are strangers in here, yeah. now is a moment for me to see what's going on in Facebook and Instagram, those, those types of things. Mm-hmm. When before, I would have been alone thinking about the interaction I just had with the bell clerk downstairs and am I going to get to the right room and all. <laughs> Instead, I'm... You know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, and this was maybe the most interesting thing to me in the whole book was... So the way that he says it is turn your devices into single purpose uses. So when the Apple II originally came out, the way that it was advertised was, oh, here's this guy and he's doing his his work at work and then he brings it right along home and he does his taxes at home and you right. think, oh, well, that's great, yeah. amazing. But the thing was, it wasn't doing his taxes at work and doing his work at home. It was one device that could do two separate things independently. Right. It was... Again, putting your phone in with the iPod, it's one device that does two things, but it doesn't do two things at the same time. It does those things independently, just like you would have to have a map if you wanted to find out where you were going and then go. It's just the whole original intent was limiting the amount of devices, not amplifying the amount of things you could do. So if you treat it like a single device and say, oh, I'm only using this for this one thing, and then yeah. it's done, which is where you put some limits on it and whatever. Yeah. Or I only use social media, I only use Instagram and Facebook when I'm on my computer at this time. And uh, that is what that device is for. I swear, last night I was in an elevator, and I walk in with somebody, and somebody's already in the elevator, and both people then at that point take out mm-hmm. both their phones, and I realize that I have it, and I start thinking about this exact thing. I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm seeing... The evidence of the, all of these things really creeping in and on my real life. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it's, I am wondering when we're really going to start talking about it in the mainstream and when they're going to really, I don't know, I don't, who's, who's self-policing this? We've had one example today about somebody, you know, Testing self-belief. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Canada and Instagram. Instagram yeah. That's, that's amazing to me. And that's like a shining light of hope for me mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, so maybe they are are trying to really reassess for to sustain yeah because it well apple put the the thing where you can check your usage but i don't think like i said you have to you have to remove it all to see what it means they're not going to say hey don't use our products and services for a month right and then bring it back in sporadic increments based on your values that's never going to be an option um the other thing and the last thing for this reclaiming your attention is dumbing down your smartphone like i said it was originally only intended to be a single purpose thing, one thing at a time. So most stuff you can just use, depending on your life, you could use your phone for phone stuff, kind of weird and backwards to go back to what it originally was. And then most of the time, laptops, tablets, things, they're small enough to where you can bring that along too Mm -hmm. to the coffee shop and only use that for your other thing. Like you you probably have have multiple devices. Well, try this out. Good yeah. thing they can be anything you want them to be. Yeah. Well, let's say, well, today this is only my typewriter. This today, this is only my iPod. Today, yeah. today this, this is, is only, only for maps, gaming. You know, or, this yeah. is, exactly. Um, I have an iPod and an i and an iPhone on this bed right now. Mm-hmm. I could decide that one is one is the one is the is my iPad and one is my Google Maps and that's it. Or, you know, or or at this time I'm only using it for this. Exactly. That'd be a fun game. I would. I'm gonna try some a lot of these. These are yeah. really. These are really interesting, and I like the, the the parameters and the definitions that you get to set, and just 
because don't lose your you know means of income and like don't, and and at the center of it all is like engage socially mm-hmm. <laughs> and none of these people. things are bad they're useful tools. person to person yeah they're useful tools but they're not vital yeah and that's the minimalist mindset is not how can i extract any value out of this but what is the what 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 can i actually use this what for what is the quality of it yes so the last thing he goes into going way way back in history when uh, samuel morse invented the telegraph you know what that is yeah. Certainly. I mean, the tel- are you yeah. asking me if yeah, I know yeah, what yeah, the yeah. telegraph is? <laughs> yes, I know it is. I was like, well, I don't know the story. Is there a story? Oh, no, I, th- I, like- saw, I saw confusion in your face. You were just waiting. Um, <laughs> it's like, no, yes, I've heard of the tel- <laughs> I know. I know the show. I know what the show is called, Taylor. I know you make fun of me on the Ailer internet. On the Ailer net. Secretly, Evan knows way more than I do. The telegraph, he said, what hath God wrought, which is kind of ominous. Hmm. That means what hath God made. <laughs> and uh, then shortly after, they said, oh, this is great. We can have communication from uh, from Texas to Maine in an instant, when before that would have taken three days. Yep. Thoreau said, we are in great haste to construct a telegraph from Maine to Texas, but Maine and Texas, it may be, have nothing important to communicate. Oh. Kind of like with artificial intelligence, you can make it, but why? Remember... You know, these are not what these were originally intended for. Literally, like my my literary mind right now is just standing up, <laughs> clapping for Cal <laughs> for Cal right now. I'm just I'm in the auditory. I wish I was at that first look, and he closes the book. I'm just, my God, sir, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, I think it's a lot to think about. It really is. He put it all it together. Really, yeah. We really need some reframing. I'm going to do, I don't know if I'll do it this week, but I'm going to do the 30 day yeah. thing because my, or like with this, like I like posting the memes for this podcast. Yeah. I can do that right. in 10 minutes in the morning and not look at the notifications until right. the next morning. Just yeah, do yeah, it yeah. that much. And that's really all I need in the social media world at this point in my life. Right. 30 days is nothing. And re- reconsider but what it could my mean, values are. It could mean a ton, man. I mean, it should highlight so much about I mean, and and it'll be different for everybody. Where your values lie, what's important to you, and are you getting the best use out of it? Are you using the, it the best way? Is there a different way entirely? entirely? And I think if you're, because I felt this, you were talking about how people are like, oh, you know, the calling on the phone is scary. If us talking about this and me reading this book this week and you're thinking about this and you're like, oh, I'm immediately resistant to that, usually that's a sign that it's something you should do, Yeah, you know? It's like, oh, I really don't want to do, oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Then it's probably worth trying. That means it's good. Like, we've kind of lost that. Like, that might mean it's good. Yeah. Like, it might be really good for you. Or if you think there's no way that I could do that. I believe Then that means you probably should. Whoever you are. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Cool. That was great. I love this one. A lot Uh, to go off. This stuff is on my mind all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, like just last night in the elevator, no matter where, I'm just trying to always, well, I was telling you before the show, it's like, I'm ready to f- have some like folders and boxes to put all these thoughts I've been having in because I see so much of what I've been thinking about Yeah. in this. And it just goes further. That telegraph story is incredible. <laughs> and that gets to the heart of what I feel right now. It's just like, I feel so much more the need for my personal place where I am physically in my community and the people around me, the, the, the relationships 
actually close to me. Yeah. Take ownership ones, of what you're doing. Right. It's like there's a difference. <laughs> and it's it can be a lot of pressure. So it's just, it's this was really great. Yeah. Have a look in the show notes for the practices that I mentioned, because I know we went through it all. But just if you want to recap, that'll be there. And in the email. Do you have any announcements? Tell somebody. Tell somebody about us. Recommend your favorite episode to somebody. Um, you know, start it, you know, start up a conversation, you know, plenty of interesting stuff. Uh, that would be it. Just pass on. Uh, just trying to get the word out. And then next week, we're doing Aladdin. Aladdin. Ooh, we're going to get magical. Arabian Nights. We'll we see you all then. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.